Hello, and welcome to this podcast of Sunday Sermons from Concord United Methodist Church. We hope that you'll find this message to be meaningful, insightful, and a refreshing part of your daily walk with God. Please feel free to share this podcast with family, friends, or anyone else who might benefit from it. This podcast is part of the digital ministries of Concord United, and we are grateful that you have chosen to experience worship and God's Word with us. For more information about Concord United and its ministries, please visit our website at concordunited.org. It's wonderful to be with you today and to be able to share as we continue our summer sermon series on crazy stuff Jesus said. This is our fourth installment, and once again, we're glad you're still coming back, (laughs) especially today as we're talking about this passage that Jesus tells of these workers who work different hours and they get paid the same and uh, they're very upset about it and Jesus says this is how the kingdom of God is and particularly I know this is a tough passage for you because I know who you are you are 9 a.m. worshipers you know what that means if you get out of bed at 9 a.m. to come to church it means you're a high achiever Uh, You were the type of kid growing up that was on the honor roll. You probably occasionally uh, got perfect attendance in school. You had all the stars, many of you had all the stars marked off on your attendance for uh, Sunday school coming up. You remember those old charts with the the stars? Uh, Many of you have have done very well in life. You know what it is uh, to work hard. And so I was talking to a friend and he said, Uh, I was saying, what what are you going to do this weekend? He said, well, I think I'm going to take my family to the lake. It's so hot. He said, well, uh, what what are you going to do? I said, well, this weekend, I'm going to tell a lot of uh, high achievers uh, that in the eternal sense, their work doesn't pay off. (laughs) And and he was like, do you want to come to the lake with me? I was like, I'd love to. But I probably should go to church on Sunday morning. Uh, So as we struggle and wrestle with the blessing and the incredible message in this passage from Jesus, I I do want to encourage you to be reading throughout the week because it gives so much context to these sayings of Jesus. Remember, the reason Jesus made these seemingly crazy statements was because it was the best way to teach people about the nature of God. He wouldn't have said it if it wasn't. He would have phrased it uh, some other way. He he had all wisdom and, and he could have said it a different way if he wanted to. He said it this way for a reason. So I encourage you uh, to check out the Bible reading plan at concordunited.org Bible or pick up uh, a summary Bible reading plan, daily scriptures. You can pick them up at the information center and, and read along and pray along because that's going to help uh, these words go from interesting intellectual questions uh, to deeply meaningful uh, spiritual principles upon which our lives can be based. And I want to share with you today that this passage that we're about to read, which is often referred to as the laborers in the the vineyard, uh, this isn't some kind of uh, side note, some footnote in Jesus's ministry that Jesus just says off the cuff. When you really dig into what Jesus is saying here, you can't actually understand much about Jesus unless you understand that this story about the workers in, in the vineyard. It is that fundamental. This story is as fundamental as the prodigal son. It is as fundamental as John three sixteen. Uh, it is as fundamental as the Last Supper to who Jesus is, what he is teaching, what he is trying 
trying to tell us, but it offends us and it offends our sensibilities. And so often we just kind of set this one away. And most of the time you can tell when someone first hears this story because you can see a little anger on their face. It just seems like it it, it doesn't make sense. I remember, I think I first encountered this when I was in high school, and it made me mad. I thought, no, we work hard to get certain things, and other people who don't work as hard shouldn't get those certain things. I, I, I didn't like it. it. It took me a while to understand that Jesus was telling me about his nature and about something I should want for everyone. Uh, so let's begin today by just reading the story as Jesus tells it, and then we'll talk more about who he was talking to then and what it means for us today. We pick up with Matthew 20, verse 1. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for the usual daily wage, he sent them into the vineyard. When he went out about nine o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace and said to them, you also go into the vineyard and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. When he went out again about noon and about three o'clock, he did the same. And about five o'clock, he went out and found others standing around. And he said to them, why are you standing here idle all day? They said, because no one has hired us. He said to them, you also come into the vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard called, said to his manager, Call the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and then going to the first. When those hired about five o'clock came, each of them received the usual daily wage. Now when the first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received the usual daily wage. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landowners saying, these last worked only one hour and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I chose to give to the last the same as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am so generous? So the last will be first and the first will be last. That might make you mad. You, you might have wished Jesus would leave that one out, but I want to share with you, if that story of equal pay for unequal hours makes you mad, you're probably still trying to earn God's approval. You've, you're probably still in a mindset that you can live well enough, faithfully enough, to earn God's approval. Now, you would never say so, again, because you were the type of kid who got perfect attendance in Sunday school. You know you're supposed to say, no, we can't earn God's grace. But internally, even when we say that externally, a lot of times we, we still live like that. Uh, we still live as if God's grace should be doled out based solely on our achievements and and how that happens. And in fact, Jesus does this. God does this. God, God is gracious like this and gives more than could be deserved. Not to be harsh, not to be unfair, but to bless us all. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, the judgment you give will be the judgment that you receive. Many of us walk around and we live in what could be called fear. Uh, we, we live uh, in a, a, 
mild sense of depression because we're walking around judging others. And we don't realize that when we extend that judgment to them, without ever realizing it, we also extend it to ourselves. And deep down, we know we're holding others to a standard that we're not sure that we meet. Things seemingly externally may have worked out well for us, but we know that there are standards that we can't meet. And we wonder, am I really saved? Am I really faithful? Am I really a Christian? Because I know what it means to be one, and I know I can't always be that. Well, thankfully for us, the story of equal pay is the story of Grace 101. It, it might seem odd and strange and crazy, but I want to tell you, this isn't Grace 201. It's not Grace 301. It's not Grace 401. This is Grace 101. This is the basic essence of the nature of God and how God works. God is a loving parent who doesn't worry so much about what everyone deserves as what everyone needs. Listen again to to this story. You see, there are some people who are chosen to go to work early in the day. And they've gathered, gathered in the marketplace and the owner of the vineyard sends out people to hire them for the day. Uh, I doubt many of us grew up as day laborers. The only time I've spent extended time around day laborers was when I worked for one summer in Cashers, North Carolina. It's in the mountains there uh, near the North Carolina, uh, South Carolina, Georgia triangle where all those states come together. It's, it's a beautiful part of the country uh, popu- that used to be populated uh, by a mountain farming community and over the years has rapidly changed and is now populated by Floridians fleeing the heat and nature lovers who have discovered that there are literally hundreds of waterfalls uh, just a few miles off the main road in that particular area of the country and love being there. I had the the privilege uh, to spend a summer there working at Cashers United Methodist Church and while there uh, I discovered that the center of town was an Exxon station. Uh, there, uh, there was a main crossroads in the town, and there was an Exxon station in the town, and that Exxon station was where you went in the morning to get your sausage and egg biscuit, and that Exxon station was also where a lot of the migrant workers came, uh, many of whom uh, had family they were sending money back to uh, in their homeland, but they had come to the United States uh, to try and provide for their families, uh, and they would stay in a local hotel, sometimes as many as seven, eight, nine to a room, and then they would come out in the mornings and they would get in the back of a pickup truck and they would be dropped off at the Exxon station. And they would wait there at the Exxon station for local farmers to come by and to tell them what work was needed. But if you didn't get to the Exxon station by about 6.30 in the morning, you didn't get work for the day. Because that's what time work started. Well, if somebody, or if there wasn't enough work to go around, so many workers would get picked and others wouldn't get paid for that day and they'd go around trying to scrounge up other odd jobs to do what they didn't do after about seven o'clock was stay at the Exxon station they either got work or they didn't and they went on but listen to what happens here it says that the the, they went out to the marketplace to the 
uh, equivalent of the Exxon station, uh, and got workers early in the morning, probably around 6 or 6.30 to come to, to the vineyard. Uh, and then they went back again at 9, at noon, at 3, and the manager said, why are you still standing here? These are workers, most of whom, they were there at 6 in the morning. They didn't get picked. They don't know what else to do. So they're standing there in the heat, just hoping that something will come up that will allow them to provide for their family that day. And the owner sees them, and the owner says, I can't let these people go. I can't let these people not have the chance to provide for their families today. I'm going to bring them to the vineyard, even though I already have the workers I need. And I'm going to pay them a full daily wage so that they can provide. And then the owner does something that the owner did not have to do. Maybe shouldn't have done uh, if you were looking at how to avoid conflict. When it's time to pay everybody, the owner says, hey, I want to pay the people who came last first. The owner wanted the workers who worked all day to see the workers that only worked a little bit of the day get the same thing. That's, that's what the owner wanted. He had to know this would make them mad. He had to know this would infuriate them. And if we understand this parable of Jesus as the owner being God, then what God's doing here is God saying, hey, part of receiving my blessing, part of really living in my joy is understanding how I'm at work to bless others. And you can't really receive the full blessing unless you can rejoice in the way I'm blessing others. Uh, so even though this is going to make most of those workers who were hired in the morning mad, I'm going to make them watch this because I want to give them the opportunity to receive the full blessing of my grace. Now, God's grace is, is simply, if, if you're not familiar with that term, it's, it's God's gift of undeserved blessing. That's, that's what, what it is. And we struggle sometimes with the undeserved part of this. In fact, if you're still struggling with this, I, I want to ask you something. If you think this isn't the way things should be, realize that this isn't a vision of the perfect human capitalistic meritocracy this is a vision of the kingdom of God and the very best that we can do uh, politically uh, the very best that we can do socially on earth does not compare to what God has for us in the kingdom uh, I remember once I ran into uh, a young man who I'd been to college with, and it was about 10 years later. Uh, I knew him in college as someone uh, who liked to stay out late and skip classes, uh, someone who didn't particularly worry about exactly what his GPA was going to be, because he had a, a job waiting for him. When he graduated, his father owned a very nice business. He was going to one day inherit that business. He needed uh, a degree in order to do so, but that was uh, the path that was set before him. As I ran into him 10 years later, uh, I found uh, that uh, he uh, hadn't seemed to change a whole lot, except he uh, was rather judgmental of those who weren't doing as well in life and uh, couldn't understand why some people struggled financially. Uh, I was doing my best to remain polite in the conversation uh, while fuming on the inside that not all of us have fathers who give us uh, an extremely profitable bit 
profitable business. So I called up one of my buddies who knew him and I said, this dude was born on third base and he thought he hit a triple. (laughs) And then I started thinking about this dude. This dude grew up in a two-parent home uh, with the love uh, of a father and a mother Uh, with love of grandparents and aunts and uncles, grew up from the day he was born in a church, grew up in a society where he had a free education, went to college and went to seminary, and thanks to a rather well-off grandmother and wonderful United Methodists like you who give to seminary scholarship funds, graduated without debt. Uh, This dude uh, happened to be around teachers and coaches and uh, youth counselors and Sunday school teachers uh, and pastors and all sorts of people who believed in him, who mentored him, who saw something in him, who gave him jobs, who gave him opportunities, uh, who gave him encouragement. Uh, This guy uh, met a young lady uh, who comes from a family uh, that is uh, as rock solid uh, as any family on this earth and who, thanks to the grace of God, was raised United Methodist with, with, with great values. And I realized I was born on third base. I was born on third base. And sometimes I have the tendency to look at others and wonder why they aren't farther along, wonder why they're not more mature, wonder why they're not doing a little better in life, wonder why they they keep making decisions uh, that seem to self-sabotage themselves and sometimes hurt others. And along comes this God who says, "I I don't care if you were born on third base, I don't care if you were born in the dugout, I don't care if you were born outside the stadium without a ticket to get in. I want you all to experience the fullness of what I have to offer. And I I think about people I know who weren't born on third base. I think about a family member I have. Uh, She was born into a two-parent home, but it wasn't a loving home. It was a home with a lot of shouting. It was a home uh, with a lot of addiction. It was a home where when you didn't meet the standards, uh, you weren't received well. uh, And she didn't know how to cope with this. Uh, She's one of the naturally smartest, most athletic people I know. But she developed into a painfully introverted, painfully shy, uh, painfully reserved person uh, who was scared to interact with people. She tried to manage her social anxiety and her internal pain, her low self-esteem, but eventually it got too much and she's turned to drugs and alcohol to do so. Uh, The only people uh, she spent a lot of time with often uh, were those who had similar struggles because she didn't feel judged around them. Uh, She was married, uh, but it didn't work out. Uh, She uh, spent much of her life Uh, living with persons with whom she was not married. But she always remembered everybody's birthday. And whenever you were around her, you got the sense that she really cared, but that she had no idea how to express it. 
she died last year. And I don't know exactly everything she believed, but I'm really hoping I'll see her in heaven. I'm really hoping she has as good a mansion as I do. I'm, I'm really hoping that she knows joy there that she never knew on this earth. And I'm, I'm really hoping that the fact that she didn't accomplish nearly as much in this life as she could have isn't something that affects how she experiences eternity. I don't know her heart. I don't know all the things in her faith. But that's what I hope. And this passage gives me hope that that's possible. I think about a man who lived a despicable life, who tried to get ahead by cheating, who was caught, convicted, and crucified. And as he lay there dying, suffocating, this man beside him said, today you'll be with me in paradise. I'd love to talk to that man someday. I'm hoping I'll get the chance. I think about a man I knew he grew up in a home uh, with a father who was very demanding but not very loving. He didn't quite know how to handle that in his life. He, growing up, he swore he'd never be like that. And uh, he was a very, very loving father uh, when he was sober. But when he drank, he became a monster. Uh, and one night, he had too much to drink, uh, and he hit his wife. And then when his son tried to stop him, he hit his son. He could never take that back. He went to his grave uh, with deep, deep regrets, uh, with relationships that never were able to be reconciled because of what went on. But when he was sober, he'd give you the shirt off his back. And it didn't matter if he was driving to the most important meeting of his, his life. If you had a flat tire on the side of the road, he'd stop and he'd change it for you. And he'd never tell you he was late to where he was going or what it cost him to help you. And I'm really hoping I see him in heaven. And I'm really hoping he has just as nice a place there as me. I think about a man that we're told about in the Bible who uh, persecuted Christians and actually oversaw their executions. Uh, and then he wrote half the New Testament. His name's Paul. And from what we can tell in the Bible, the very people uh, that, whose lives he took cheered him as he gave his own life for the gospel and entered the gates of heaven. This unequal work, but equal pay, it's at the heart of what Jesus is all about. It's at the heart of God's heart. You see, once you've experienced God's grace... Nothing else compares. No achievement, no acquisition, nothing we can do on our own other uh, than reflect that grace and, and share that love with others. I think about my own life, and I think about why I do what I do, why I get up here each week and take literature that's 2,000 years old and try to make sense of it for today, uh, and try to somehow say something uh, that provides some truth about the eternal creator uh, that none of us has ever seen with our own eyes. And I'll tell you why I do it. And if this ever stops being the reason why I do it, I should stop doing what I do. Uh, but I do it because uh, when I was about 16 years old, uh, I experienced God's grace for myself. I'd been raised in church. I'd been taught. I'd been taught about it a lot, 
but I really experienced it. I prayed, I prayed to be forgiven. I prayed God would lead and guide me. And I felt this unbelievable warmth and assurance that God was there, that I was forgiven. And I thought about everything wrong with myself and everything immature about myself and all the ways I'd been selfish and hurt others. And all I experienced was this forgiveness and this love. And I can remember just thinking to myself, I can't believe how much God loves me. I can't believe how good God is. I can't believe how much grace God has. And I can remember in those days, I couldn't wait to wake up in the mornings. Because mornings were the time when I read my Bible uh, and I did my prayers. And I said, I get to learn more about that. And it's the greatest thing I've ever seen. And today, hopefully I'm more mature than that 16-year-old. Hopefully I'm wiser than that 16-year-old. I think about some things and the way people are and the way we should relate to one another differently than I did as that 16-year-old. But if I ever get away at the core of my being from who that 16-year-old was, if I ever start trying to serve God for a reason other than what God did for that 16-year-old, then I need to stop because I'm becoming somebody I don't want to be. Because once you've experienced God's grace, nothing else compares. And so you'll learn to stand in the back of the line waiting to be paid. And as those who come before you get the same as you, you'll learn to rejoice. Let's pray together. Gracious God, your grace is so much higher, greater, and deeper than anything we would have thought up or dreamed up on our own. It is so much better, Lord, than what we could ever deserve. We simply want to live our lives within it. It's easy for us, Lord, to accept your grace than it is to extend it to others. But only by extending it to others can we fully receive it. So God, lead us where we are. Teach us to be gracious with ourselves, gracious with one another, and to spend our lives giving you thanks that you are gracious now and forever from the beginning of time until your eternal kingdom comes on earth as it is in heaven. We pray these things. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Concord United Methodist Church. This podcast is a ministry of Concord United, and we would love to hear from you. To contact us, please send an email to podcasts at concordunited.org with sermons in the subject line. For more information about Concord United, including worship times, service opportunities, mission efforts, and classes, please visit our website at concordunited.org. We also invite you to download and enjoy our daily devotional podcasts presented by the pastors and members of Concord United. Finally, we would appreciate it if you would leave a rating and a review of this podcast so that others can discover it and benefit from it.